Hey, this is Chad, and welcome to Warrior Chats, a conversation between me and my good friend Emily about warrior cats and other stuff. So if you're not familiar with uh, my other podcast, uh, the comics podcast, which is No More, uh, these were some spinoff episodes uh, Emily and myself did about just things we wanted to talk about, uh, in this case, Warrior Cats, the, the children's book series. Uh, I want to bring these kinds of conversations over to the Opinions Are Cheap RSS feed. So we're going to start with the first one that we recorded just to archive it. And then we're going to do the second one we recorded just to archive it, which will appear probably next month or something. Uh, And then going forward, once in a while, Emily and myself will have a conversation. Uh, So without further ado, this is the first episode where she explained to me everything there is to know about the first three Warrior Cats books and uh, why they're absolutely ridiculous. This is a repost, so if you've encountered this before, I am sorry, but if you haven't, uh, enjoy a conversation about books. That is kind of kind of dumb. Also, apologize for the audio quality. This is before we both got like better microphones. It's not unlistenable, but it's a little it's a little sharp. I, I I'm sorry. Um, anyways, there we go. Thanks. Bye. I gotta put on my John Luke impression. Hold on. Lego. Lego. Hello, and... So the funny thing about your Jean-Luc impression is when you said Lego, Lego in a whisper, the ASMR guy, I watch sometimes when he builds Lego sets, he'll just do that as part of his ASMR bit. And now I'm interrupting you, which is what I do to Jean-Luc. That was really good. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Comics Podcast. I am your host, Emily, and I am here with my co-host, Chad. Hi, Chad. Jean-Luc introduces me as his good friend, but I'll take co-host. Oh, yeah, I guess I should have remembered that, but your interruption did throw me off, which made me forget that he does call you his good friend, Chad. Uh, hi, Chad. How's it going? Hi, Emily. You're my good friend, if that makes you feel any You're better. my good friend, too. I just forgot the words I was mm-hmm. supposed to say. Mm-hmm. I got into the rhythm, but I was shaken by your interruption, so I forgot part of it. Hello. Actions mean louder than words, and the fact that we're doing this is an action. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, Chad, why are we here? The listeners already know why we're here, because it's going to be in the episode title, but why are we here? Well, I made bad decisions. Um, mm-hmm. You like warrior cats. I sure do, buddy. I like your obsessive nature with things. It's called having a personality disorder. <laughs> Um, so we're here to talk about Warrior Cats, or rather, you're here to talk at me about Warrior Cats, and I have a bottle of whiskey sitting beside my chair. Excellent. I'm here to tell you about the series known as Warrior Cats. And you know, it it's interesting that you say that, because that actually gives me a really good intro into the first part of my outline, because the series is actually just called Warriors. Although it is colloquially known as Warrior Cats to the point that the like URL for the website for the series is called WarriorCats.com. As a brand, Warrior Cats is better than Warriors. Yeah, like, especially stop. that can cause some confusion because there's like an old movie about like gang fights, I think. Yeah. I've never seen it called Warriors or The Warriors. So, yeah, there there is a bit of SEO problem. So Warrior Cats is better for search engine optimization. 
<laughs> uh, Warriors is written by Aaron Hunter. And I put a little bit of emphasis on the name Aaron Hunter because it's actually a pseudonym. There are seven authors credited Holy under shit. the name of Aaron Hunter. Only four of them have actually worked on Warriors. The other three worked on a Warriors. It's not a spinoff. It's more of a sister series called Survivors, which is about dogs. I'm hearing some crackles from you in your audio, by the way. Okay. Everything good? Yep. Let's go. Okay. So um, I mentioned that there are seven authors credited under the name Aaron Hunter, but only four of them actually worked on Warriors. The other three worked on, it's not really a spinoff. It's more of a sequel, or like, or not a sequel series. It's more of a, a sister series called Survivors, which is about dogs instead of cats. Oh, I was going to say, is it about dogs? It is about dogs. I have heard tell that there is an upcoming series about bears. And the, one of them the is going to be... kind or the animal kind? The animal kind. Slightly disappointed, but go on. Uh, unfortunately, except for my color commentary, there will not be any homosexuality for the next uh, however long it takes me to get through this outline. Because well, everything... Everything is extremely heteronormative in this series, and that's because it came out in 2003. Sure. And uh, they're technically kids' books, correct? Yeah, and they are, they are, exa- they are uh, what is referred to as juvenile fantasy. Hey, I, I know priests that have those. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about, Chad. That joke brought to you by Whiskey. So, uh, for our purposes, we will only be focusing on three, or work by three of the four uh, Aaron Hunter people that worked on Warriors. Uh, The first of those is Victoria Holmes, who originally created the series and works behind the scenes to maintain the storyline, tone, and continuity uh, Kate Carey, who wrote books one, two, and four, and uh, Cherith Baldry, who wrote books three, five, and six. All of them are British, I believe. I know that there's only one writer who is not British in the like Aaron Hunter crew. That and- explains why they spell cats with a U. <laughs> It actually, it explains why they spell every version of gray with an A, even though throughout my notes, I spell it with an E. See, I was told the opposite in college, that the American way to do it is with an A, and the European way to do it is with an E. Because I was in an American lit class, and the teacher called me out. It actually might be the other way around, because, uh... A peek behind the curtain here. I also, I grew up on Neopets.com, and Neopets was created by two British people. So it is possible that my default, G-R-E-A-Y, is because on Neopets it was spelled that way, and then Americans spell it G-R-A-Y, and then 
I just assumed that I got it backwards when going through this series. I don't have to spell the word gray a lot for any sort of official thing, so... I do. Well, I'm not a writer, Chad, so it's very See, possible that I did it wrong. Was from uh, Brian Jacks, who's also mm. British, and so he's he uses the word gray enough, right? And I think that's where I picked up that spelling. I'm fairly certain that uh, the work of Brian Jacks was part of the uh, impetus for the creation of the series. I don't have any sort of like like quote on that, but um. And I also, it is important to know, I mentioned it further down in my notes, but I can just say it up at the top here. Um, even though I read a bunch of these books as like physical books as a kid, I, my reread over the past couple of years has been through audiobooks. So I have to basically rely on like wikis for my spelling of things because I just hear it and have to interpret how things are spelled based on that. Mm -hmm. So I probably spelled gray stripe wrong this whole uh this whole outline. It's fine. I don't care. This outline's for me, not for anyone else. There you go. Anyway, um so what is warriors? So what is warriors? So what is so what is so what is warriors? Oh boy. So it's a juvenile fantasy <laughs> series about the lives and adventures of different groups of feral cats. The first group books came out in 2003. I was 10 years old at that time, so it was the perfect age to get into this. I I was one of those kids that was more interested in things involving animals than things involving people, which probably explains how I ended up as a furry. Uh, I mean, Cheers I guess that. I say I'm a furry. I'm not like actively a furry. I just like I have a fursona and I like things with animal characters. So I technically consider myself a furry, whatever that means. What is a furry? That's an existential question. That's we we should have Alice on the podcast and we can discuss what is or is not a furry. <laughs> because I maintain that the cats of cats are not furries. Hmm. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. We've already done an episode on cats. We did do that. Uh, I so, forgot about that. <laughs> so each, uh, <laughs> the, the series of Warriors is divided into arcs. Each arc has six books. I think it's kind of neat that they have like six books per series that's like just kind of like neatly divided by those numbers. Like... I don't know. I, I hope it doesn't put a hamper on them during the writing process, but I just, I don't know. I think that it's kind of cool. Uh, there are seven arcs right now. Uh, the seventh Jesus, arc. Jesus, that's a lot of books. The seventh arc started in 20, 2019 and is currently ongoing. We will only be talking about the first arc, The Prophecies Begin. I. Originally, I wanted to talk about all six books in The Prophecies Begin, but as I was making the outline for the first book, I realized that that was probably a bit much. So I have actually cut this into, we're only going to talk about the first three books, and if you enjoy this, if you want to do another one, I will conclude the the next three books at some point. But 
for now, we're just going to talk about the first three books of the series. Let it be known, I read the first chapter of the first one. Yeah, you did. You read uh, the prologue and chapter one, I believe. Yeah. I probably would have kept going, but I had been reading other books of a very similar type, and it desperately needed something that wasn't <laughs> written for children. I, I understand that. Um, in addition to the main story arcs, there are 13 books that are, like, standalone. They usually take place either in between books or focus on a character that the main story was not focused on. The point of view is, like, it's kind of third-person omniscient, but, like, selectively so. Yeah, that third-person limit on omniscient is a thing. Okay, yeah, that that's basically, the books will, like, generally you'll have a couple characters who are, like, the protagonists or the protagonists. In this, uh, in the first series, you really only follow, like, one main character who I will be introducing shortly. But uh in series after that, occasionally the third person omniscient perspective will switch to another character, like based on like different chapters and stuff. Uh but we won't really need to get into that. So structurally this actually reminds me of um I don't know if you're if you've read any uh Dragonlance books. I haven't. I have who was Dragonlance by? So, Dragon the 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 main books in the Dragonlance series are by uh, Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, but largely yeah, this I... was a property that a lot of people had their hands in, and so there was like lots of spinoff stories. Uh, there's definitely more, probably more than six writers, but it's sort of like here's the universe, here's the characters, and everyone's largely allowed to do whatever they want with them as long as it confines to certain rules and rule sets. Uh, this is more of a D and D spinoff, high fantasy. Okay. The, they're not good, but when you're in high school, you don't give a shit if unless there's, you know, when there's dragons on the cover, right? You're like, oh, I'll fuck yeah. with that book. It's got a dragon on it. Uh, this sounds like, like the cat version of that as far as how long it's gone on, how many characters there are, how many writers there are, and just, it's, it's like its own universe, but everybody's writing under the same pseudonym, which is interesting. Yeah, my, actually, my next bullet point is there are so many fucking characters in this series, <laughs> uh, because, like, other books will, like, instead follow a character that was not being followed by, like, the main storyline. And I also, it, it is, I think, pertinent that you mentioned a fantasy series, because I like to say that these books are, like, fantasy without the fantasy. There's a little bit of fantasy, like, we're gonna get into how there's, like, a little bit of magic and a little bit of, like, magic adjacent stuff but it's not like there's not a lot of outright magic it, well i think things get a little more off the rails uh past like like during and past the third series but uh i'm currently reading the third arc of the story so i don't have that much to comment on my guess knowing very little about this is that there are a couple of seer characters that see the future and then there are a couple of like maybe some potions and then maybe some ghosts. Ooh, you are you are really on the mark. That is we will get into that. Uh so uh find my place in my notes. 
Uh, as a kid, I only read uh, The Prophecies Begin, which is what we're going to be talking about, and the first couple books of the arc that followed it, which was called The New Prophecy. Uh, I still own the entire first series in hardcover. There's somewhere in storage, uh, except I don't have the the dust jackets because for some reason as a kid i really did not like dust jackets and would take them off my books and I like i never liked them either until i realized i could use them as bookmarks yeah i kind of figured that out too late as well but i just like i didn't like them. i hate how similar we are sometimes <laughs> like oh god I, we're both screwed up in the same way it's why we're doing this episode is because <laughs> Because we are uh, so similar and very strange intersections. <laughs> but yeah, I hated dust jackets, so I would always take them off my books. And I have no idea what happened to the dust jackets from these books. I know that I kept them, but I feel like over, like at some point they got thrown away by like my mom or something who was trying to like free up space. But uh uh, starting in 2019, I started a reread of the series via audiobook. Uh, it began, my reread began in earnest in 2020, during which I read almost all of the first six books. I had like maybe an hour left of the sixth book by the time the year actually ended. Uh, but since the beginning of 2021, I have read, uh, I not only finished the last book in the original series, but also have read all six books of The New Prophecy and uh, have begun reading The Power of Three, which comes right after that. I'm about two books into that. Oh, that one's where they're all charmed characters. Yeah, totally. Was it Prue, Piper, and Phoebe? I never watched Charmed. I had a friend that did, but um, despite being very into, like, Buffy and Angel, I just never, I never made it over to Charmed. I feel like it was, like, the way less edgy version of that, because my mom mm -hmm. really liked that show, and so I'd watch it with her. As a kid, I was extremely edgy, so I wanted the edgy edgy. All the, all the, all the actors in Charmed are really pretty. Yeah. Including, like, all the demons... And all the characters know, and I like sh that show up once or twice. It was one of those things, like looking back, uh, where you you could tell it was cast by you know CBS or whoever put it. Like it was the WB. Yeah, that's what it was. I think mm -hmm. my mom has the first couple seasons on DVD. That sounds like a thing that a mom would do. Yeah, it's, it was just cool. I feel like we should watch those at some point. I'm like, mom, I'm bored. Let's let's watch some Charm. To you know, they charmed. rebooted Charm. Yeah, and it a looked fucking ago. dreadful. I don't. I don't think I heard anything about it, which is neither good nor bad, I guess. That's how I prefer my wet farts. <laughs> anyway, so I got some important information and terminology for you, uh, because, like I said, Cats is, like, basically a fantasy series, so it has a lot of the, like, we have words for things that you normally have, but they're different because we're in Cat's world now. I hate that, by the way. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. If you're which a writer. Maybe why... Don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a writer, so I don't have to worry about this, but I love it. I eat this shit up. It's so good. So, um, to start off, Clans, the book... 
primar- the books primarily center around cats from the four clans of the forest. Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, Slytherin. They are, in fact, very similar to the Hogwarts houses. <laughs> you, you've got Thunder Clan, which is known for being fierce, courageous, and loyal. They ha- basically have protagonist syndrome. Uh, I, I've only read three of the books or the of the series so far, but so far all three of them have focused on protagonists from Thunder Clan. So I label them with having protagonist syndrome. That's fair. You've got River Clan, which is known for their fishing ability and love of water. You've got Those are the Hufflepuffs. Uh no, uh, well, no, I would think of the River Clan as more of the Ravenclaws. Uh because you've got Wind Clan, which is known for being the cats are usually a little smaller. They live out in the open as opposed to living in like like covered dens and they hunt rabbits and they're a lot closer to what I would consider like the Hufflepuff. Uh and, okay. then, and then there's Shadow Clan. Uh I bet you can't guess Jeez, I, who the evil clan I wonder. is. <laughs> uh Shadow Clan is known for being proud, defensive, and slightly arrogant. I would I like to kids books. And I wish, and I like Harry Potter's guilty of this too with Slytherin, right? But it's like, hey, what if the evil guys, you didn't advertise them like, like what if you used a little subtlety? I remember reading this book by Terry Goodkind, and he's dead, and I'm glad. He's well, dead. Terry Goodkind fucking sucks, so he's there you awful. go. But like, the bad guy in his first book was literally named Darken Rawl. Exactly. And it's like, geez, I wonder who the bad guy is. And he's friends with a pedophile who wants to rape women. And it's like, geez, I wonder who's bad at writing yet got like. 200 grand for that book. That's why Terry Goodkind sucks, because he's bad at writing. The world is not a meritocracy, but I'm still alive and he's cold and in the ground, so. Maybe there is some justice. Yeah, I I did not expect to go this route on the show tonight. Uh, Yeah, so Shadow Clan is the Slytherin of the group, and I will say, like, it does kind of, like, other times, occasionally, like, like there's like good Shadow Clan cats, but like there's also good Slytherins in Harry Potter. So it's really eh. like I mean, like you have you have some characters who are like not totally horrible that are in Slytherin. See I can't name antagonistic any, but it like, does not mean not bad, right? Like I guess. I blame JK for that, by the way. I don't blame her her character. She did a bad job. J.K. Rowling has a lot of faults as a writer. And as a person. Well, that too. Uh, so, the no- the next thing that I would like to focus on is the Warrior Code. Oh dear. This is the code of ethics and conduct which governs all clans. Uh, breaking and going against the Warrior Code is like a big fucking deal. I'm not going to list out the rules of the warrior code because honestly, I don't even know most of the rules. Like they'll just be like, that's against the warrior code. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't fucking know. I'm guessing like they have like a a document somewhere like internally with the list and they're like, we can never share this. That has to be somewhat mysterious for plot reasons. Well, I imagine that Victoria Holmes has helped create like a, 
like a, a series Bible, so to speak, you know, the way mm-hmm. that shows will have a show Bible. Um, I know that there was a like a warrior's field guide that was made, and I imagine that the list of like the warrior code is probably present there, but I've literally never looked at like what the list of the warrior code is. I only know what is or is not against the warrior code based on things people things cats say in books. The thing with cats is they're dumb. And easily to, like, upset. And I have a feeling the warrior code is maybe just dependent on whoever the lead cat's mood is that day. (laughs) Well, certainly the exercise thereof. Yeah. A kitty pet is the clan term for a house cat. Clans usually view kitty pets with disdain and sometimes use the word kitty pet like it's a slur. I feel like that showed up in chapter one, and yeah. that was where I was like, I don't know if I want to read chapter two. <laughs> yeah, they called uh, the main character, uh, as we will get to, uh, he starts off as a kitty pet, and they refer to him as such. Admittedly, Ripley is a kitty pet, and I pick him up and hug him and kiss him on the head, and he can't do anything about it. He's tiny. Yeah, if he wanted to do something about it, he shouldn't have been born tiny and adorable. It's really his fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the clan word for human is two-leg. So cats will use, uh, like, they'll talk about two legs or they'll use, like, cat terms in adjacent to two legs. So they'll say, like, they'll describe a two-leg as having hairless paws or calling their homes two-leg nests. I have so many issues with that. Yeah? But the most important one is there really should be an Australian cat who calls kangaroos two legs and is really confused when there are no, no kangaroos around. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Wouldn't that be great? There, Two leg is not the only word used to describe humans. Kitty pets will often refer to two legs as house folk and, uh, like, different... The, the, you, like, in other series, they introduce the concept of, like, cats that live in other areas and have, like, different setups besides the clans. And so they'll have, like, different vernacular. Housefolk sounds like a Ghibli term for, like, the little things that live in your house. You're not wrong. Uh, we're not gonna... None of the, like outer at like outside of clan cats really come into play for most of the first part of the series so it won't the really secret world relevant. of catty yeti okay go on <laughs> yeah so there's clan cat naming conventions which i know is a thing that you did not like about oh those could have fucked right off a cliff so, um, when a kitten is born, it is given the name, uh, something kit. Uh, for example, like, Holly kit, cloud kit, berry kit. Uh, the, this name is decided on by the mother, uh, of the cat. So, uh, that's just indicating that they are a baby, is that they have the, the suffix kit on their name. Uh, when they become, when they're old enough to become a, an apprentice, so they'll have like a mentor within the clan, they are given the suffix paw, 
So going with those previous examples, uh, Holly Kit became Holly Paw, Cloud Kit became Cloud Paw, Berry Kit became Berry Paw, etc. I don't like that, but I also (laughs) kind of appreciate it as like a written shorthand where if a new character is introduced, you automatically know their social status just based on their name and you don't have to explain it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very utilitarian. It's extremely annoying to read. I don't. I, I don't like it visually as as syllables in a sentence. But I, I, I don't hate appreciate it. the craft. <laughs> uh, a warrior name is uh, the name given to a cat when they have like graduated from being an apprentice to becoming like a full warrior. So uh, going with the previous examples, that's like Holly Leaf. Cloud tail, berry nose. Uh, oh, so they get like a limb attached or a, a body a, well, part. A warrior name can include pretty much any word a cat could conceivably know. So you've got they a know lot the of word penis. No, I don't think that they would say that. <laughs> they probably call it like the spiky bit. I imagine they have a word for it, but because these are children's books. You know what you need to do is tweet at the author. Oh, yeah. I'm going to ask Victoria Holmes what cats call genitals. That'd be great. Victoria Holmes Twitter. She probably has a Twitter. She does. Yeah. Are you going to ask her? She has almost 3,000 followers, which isn't that many. I mean, she writes a children's series. Well, she doesn't even write it. She's just the, like, the, the architect of the series. Do the cats in Warrior Cats have special names for their genitalia? So, uh... I spelled that really wrong. A warrior name can include a word that... Any word that a cat could conceivably know. Which means uh, that the, the names Garfield and Smokeweed could conceivably count as valid warrior cat names just some some examples I feel like i should amend this tweet nah it's already out there we're good uh oftentimes a warrior name is based on the name of a cat's parent uh such as like there is a character that we will talk about named tiger claw who has a son and when his son is given his warrior name his warrior name is bramble claw why would Feral cats know what a tiger is. Well, that is a good question because uh in like their their like history, so to speak, they have like there's the ancient tiger clan and lion clan. And uh I don't I feel like biologically that doesn't check out, but you know what I like is the idea of them sneaking into a zoo <laughs> to see the big cats and be like, look at that one. We gotta pretend we're that one. I don't actually know if, like, the the previous clans, that implies that they had, like, tigers and lions. I think it does just come from, like, uh, they somehow found out about tigers and lions. It's never really gone into, as far as I am aware. But, yes, they do know about tigers and lions and leopards, because those are all things that factor into character names, like Tiger Claw. Sure, sure. I, I'm just trying to think of like an in-universe reason for this. Also, like, let's be real. That would be really funny if they're trying to sneak into a zoo, right? Like, <laughs> it would be this extremely is why good. Fan fiction exists. Yes. 
Oh, and believe me, there is plenty of Warrior Cats fan fiction. I does I, does not surprise me. Uh, a warrior's oh, a cat's warrior name is decided on and given to them by their clan leader. Is an important thing to know here. Uh, star is a special suffix for a cat name, and it is the name a cat is given if they become clan leader. So, uh, some, some leaders that we will meet in our journey tonight are Blue Star, Crooked Star, Tall Star. Chocolate Starfish. Yeah, you know, Patrick Star. I like Patrick Star. That was a good one. <laughs> that was better than what I did. <laughs> uh, Star Clan is another term to know. Uh, Star Clan is not one of the actual four clans. It is basically cat heaven when a cat dies it goes to star clan but if a clan cat dies they they go to star clan in other books they introduce the idea that like if a cat from another society dies they join their ancestors instead of star clan do they have an opinion on the song and the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon i you know it's never brought up chad so i wouldn't know I'm going to check that off my outline. Uh, the Gathering, each full moon. Oh, that's what the Juggalos do. Each full moon, all four clans gather in one location to catch up, share news, make announcements. Uh, it is not related to the Juggalo Gathering, but I realize that uh, since you brought that up, Okay, if there are any artists listening to this, you you know what you must do now, right? I imagine that uh that Warrior Cats Juggalo fan art has been made before. Warrior Cats Juggalo. I chat, I really need to pee because I drank too much of this Thai tea while we were starting. Well, you should go pee and I'm gonna see what I can find with do you Warrior just Cats keep, Juggalo. You wanna just keep the tape rolling? So when I typed in Warrior Cats Juggalo I'm getting literally nothing of what I thought, which is extremely disappointing. I here, There is a picture of a cat. It, it isn't like fan art. Wow, there's only like eight pictures, and none of them, none of them are the fan art I want. This one says Firestar said gay rights, and it's kind of a cool picture of what I'm guessing is Firestar. And uh, he's got some blue eyes. He looks like a Naruto character a little bit. I'm I'm kind of kind of vibing with that. I'm gonna send this to Emily for when she gets back. So she can enjoy. And then we're going to go to our favorite site, E621. And we're going to type in Warrior Cats. And we're going we're gonna to see what uh, a little, little humdrum comes up. Warrior Cats. A lot, as it turns out. Um, we have six pages. I don't, I don't know if any of this is official sanctioned fan art. I don't think that anything is official sanctioned fan art. Blaze is here. Not who I want. She is wearing armor, also Wait, not naked, are, which isn't the MO for this one. What website. are you looking at? I typed in Warrior Cats in E621. Okay. I'm really disappointed, but I don't know what any of these characters look like. Oh, this one's kind of cool. I don't know if this is actually from Warrior Cats, but it's two, two ladies with lady cats uh, punching each other Dragon Ball Z style. Okay. Uh, you peed really fast, I'm not going to lie. Well, the bathroom's right across the hall from the room I record in, so I was... I was trying to be quick. You, Anyways. I was going to say you could leave that pause porn. in, but I think you're just going to edit. Well, 
assuming how much you edit this episode, I was going to say you're going to edit that out. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I feel like this might be longer than I intended because we're at 33 minutes and I have not started on. Well, I was about to start on the actual the books. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're just talking. We're probably not going to cover your six and a half pages of outline. Well, That's okay. We'll do what we can. We'll do what we can. We're giving the audience a, an informed um, thing. Uh, but yeah, there there's so many more things I could cover in, like, the section of terminology and information because, like, there is so much. But that's really just, like, the the important stuff to know going in. So, um... <laughs> oh, God. Like I text, I tweeted that Victoria Holmes. Oh, and she's just like, this is a terrible post. Uh, <laughs> Which is true. It's objectively horrible. Did you, uh... Did you tweet it from the Anonym account? Yeah. I'm not allowed to tweet stuff like that from the Dual World Software account. Joe gets mad. <laughs> Evidently, that's like, you know, our business brand, and I'm not allowed to tarnish it with horrible jokes. Fair enough. So, the first series of Warrior Cats books is called The Prophecies Begin. It did not always have this title. It was previously referred to as The Original Arc. But then once uh, the new prophecy began publication in 2005, they retroactively dubbed the first six books The Prophecies Begin. Because originally this was not supposed to be a huge epic of a series. It was supposed to only be like the first six books and it was going to be done. But uh, they became popular enough that... Uh, that HarperCollins... I think it's HarperCollins just wanted to... To do more books. So. It's Warrior Cats, but it's also a cash cow. Yes. Also, um, there are, okay, I, I typed in Warrior Cats into DeviantArt, 364,000 results. Yeah, I, uh, that, that tracks. Now, can I find any from Emily? <laughs> um, I don't have any Warrior Cat stuff on DeviantArt, and also, if it were on DeviantArt, it would be on an account that would not be uh recognizable as being owned by me. But I, but I seriously don't. It's just in the time that I would have posted Warrior Cat stuff, uh, it would have been on an account that I would have hidden any identifying information. So. The first book of The Prophecies Begin is Into the Wild. Uh, it is the book with the longest summary, so uh, strap in. Uh, it is the first book of the series, and the prologue opens with Blue Star, leader of Thunder Clan, being told a prophecy. Prophecy is, fire alone can save our clan. Literally, all the prophecies are very... Not subtle at all, but the cats are extremely stupid, and they just cannot figure out what the fuck is going on, even though it is very obviously spelled out for them at the beginning of each and every series. Our protagonist is Rusty, a kitty pet whose two-leg nest is near the forest where the clan cats live. Rusty is a better name than the one he gets. 
One night, Rusty has a dream about catching his own prey in the forest. They think it's a mouse. And the next day, he ventures out into the forest where he meets Graypaw. Graypaw's mentor, Lionheart, and Blue Star, as I said, leader of ThunderClan. Uh, Graypaw essentially tells Rusty that the two legs are going to chop his balls off uh, and that he should join ThunderClan instead. Blue Star suspects that Rusty might be the aforementioned so wait, clan. Oh, there yes. Is, there, they do have words for their genitalia. Uh, well, okay. He doesn't say that. He says, like, I don't remember exactly the word he uses, but he says they're gonna, like, get him to have the surgery or something. Oh. I don't remember exactly what the phrase is. I say chop the balls off because it's funnier. But, uh, he says that they're gonna, like, they're gonna do something to him and he's gonna become lazier and something something so he is like oh i don't want to do that i'm gonna join ThunderClan." uh blue star suspects that rusty might be the aforementioned clan saving fire because of his fiery orange pelt so she allows him to join the clan <laughs> rusty is given the name fire paw which chad you don't like no not at all it's awful Along with Graypaw, Firepaw also makes friends with Ravenpaw, apprentice of Tigerclaw. See, this is why it's all so bad, though, right? Like, that sentence you just said is obnoxious. It's only gonna get worse from here. You sound so happy. Ravenpaw is introduced when he and Tigerclaw return to camp after a fight with RiverClan, during which ThunderClan deputy... Deputies are the the leader's second hand, second in command, basically. Uh, ThunderClan deputy Redtail is killed by a RiverClan warrior. Firepaw is not given his own mentor, but is instead mentored alongside Ravenpaw and Graypaw by uh, Graypaw's mentor Lionheart and Ravenpaw's mentor Tigerclaw. Tigerclaw will become important later, so just keep that uh keep a pin in that despite making friends many cats in the clan scorn firepaw for not being clan born but he eventually earns more respect when he gets into a fight with the warrior longtail and rips out a chunk of his ear <laughs> on his first solo hunting mission firepaw runs across yellowfang the exiled shadow clan medicine cat so I know. What oh, you're here's thinking. where the uh, here's where the the magic comes. What's a medicine cat? <laughs> medicine cats are like healers and advisors to their clan leaders. Uh, similar to priests or monks, they vow not to take a mate, aka uh, like a vow of celibacy to better serve their clan. And I don't think cats have a concept of celibacy. Well, in well, I mean, they don't, and you're going to find out about that, but uh, technically they they vow not to take a mate, uh, and, like, uh, are, and like you said before, they are granted with the gift of prophecy by StarClan. They often journey to sacred locations in order to commune with their StarClan ancestors. Firepaw takes pity on Yellowfang because she is old and very injured, 
So he catches her something to eat. Played by Betty White. <laughs> he, I mean, yeah, I would watch that. Uh, he catches her something to eat and uh, gives it to her, some of which he also eats. An apprentice uh, giving food to someone outside their clan and eating before making sure their own clan mates are fed is one of those things that's against the warrior code. So he will get in trouble for that. Uh, a patrol led by Blue Star finds them. And uh, Blue Star opts to take Yellow Fang back to their camp as a prisoner. Uh, she is, as I said, the uh, the exiled Shadow Clan medicine cat. So they they take her as a prisoner of war, I guess. Firepaw's punishment for breaking the Warrior Code is that he has to take care of Yellow Fang, and Yellow Fang's kind of a bitch. I unsurprisingly love yellow fang and i yeah, i can see i can see that and i ship her with blue star for reasons that i'm not gonna it's there for reasons everybody knows look i'm not gonna get into it because like i have i have attempted to excise as much from these plot summaries as i can uh blue star appoints herself firestar's mentor uh firepaw's mentor uh, so that she can help speed up his training and allow uh, Lionheart and Tigerclaw to focus on their own apprentices. At his first gathering, Firepaw learns. Firepaw learns that Wind Clan is not present at the gathering because they have been driven out of their territory by the leader of Shadow Clan. Do you think? Do you think when they fight Wind Clan and he gets up to give his speech, he's like, "We will break Wind Clan." Yeah, I bet they say it just like that. Oh, fuck you, that was funny. Are you proud of your joke, Chad? Yes, yes, someone has to be. <laughs> Shadow Clan justifies having driven Wind Clan out of their territory by claiming that because Shadow Clan is thriving, they require more territory, and Wind Clan refused to surrender any of their territory willingly, so they they drove them out by force. Uh, Broken Star, Shadow Clan's leader, reports that they have recently driven out a cat from their own clan who was accused of murdering Shadow Clan kids. It is very obvious by the way he says this that he's referring to Yellow Fang, but he does not mention her. Uh, Crooked Star, leader of River Clan, announces that they have ceded some of their hunting ground to Shadow Clan, which is definitely not. A lot like during World War Two or pre World War Two, when Nazi Germany was trying to claim territory in other European nations, there will be oh, no right. other similarities to Nazi Germany in this book series. I'm surprised there was one. Uh, they are not gonna make Tiger Clan great again. We're not gonna get into that in this. Uh, in well, we're 45 minutes in, plus the five minutes we fucked up earlier. I know. I'm almost done with the first book, if that means anything. We'll, we'll finish off the first book and then maybe wrap up. Okay. If you, if you enjoyed doing this, we could do another one, because I do have the next two books fully outlined. And they are, they're actually, both of them are shorter than the first book we'll see 
We'll see. I'm taking April off from alcohol, <laughs> allegedly, so it's going to have to be May at, at the earliest. It's going to be May. Boom. Uh, I, I, I say in Overwatch when I play May. <laughs> I scrolled down to the bottom of my outline, so I have to find my place again. Um, okay. Uh, so some other plot stuff happens. The only really important thing to know is that they meet a cat named Barley. Barley is an ally to ThunderClan. He lives in a barn that is on the way from ThunderClan to the Moonstone, which is a sacred site where medicine cats go to commune with StarClan. Uh, ShadowClan launches an attack on ThunderClan. Lionheart is killed in the fight, so Target Claw is named the new clan deputy. Ravenpaw confesses to Firepaw and Graypaw that it was actually Tiger Claw who killed former uh, deputy Redtail earlier in the story, so that Tiger Claw could become deputy, and uh, he intimidated Ravenpaw into silence. A cat named Frostfur's kits go missing. Spotted Leaf, the ThunderClan medicine cat, is found dead near the nursery where the kits are usually kept. Everyone suspects that it is Yellowfang who has also gone missing. So Blue Star sends Firepaw, Graypaw, and Ravenpaw to find Yellowfang. When they're looking for her, Firepaw and Graypaw secretly escort Ravenpaw to Barley's barn, where he can be kept safe from Tigerclaw. They will later pretend that he has been killed in a battle so that they can keep people off his trail and Tigerclaw won't come after him, even though Tigerclaw technically knows where the barn is. Uh, when Firepaw and Graypaw find Yellowfang, she tells them that when she uh, was in camp, she found the nursery empty and knew that since the kits had, since the kits were gone and she was basically accused of ste of killing kits in another clan that she was going to be blamed. So she just like, she just bolted so that they wouldn't blame her for the missing kits or she wouldn't have to deal with that bullshit. Uh, she also revealed that Broken Star had been up to some shady shit in Shadow Clan, which I is how how I recognize that is because he has the name word broken in his name well his name was broken tail before that and i think it had to do with something being wrong with his tail i don't know there's a lot of situations where cats have like suspiciously fitting names which they should not have been able to get by the way that cats are named so there's a series of and i've mentioned this i think on the other in the podcast proper but uh of books with talking cats in it called uh the first one's called the long road mm -hmm. and it and it's uh hard to describe but basically like cats can follow these like paths that their ancestors walk and like that's how they get around so quickly and efficiently and they can like huh. you know travel far across the country but something's going wrong with these paths because there is this human who's like the alchemist and he's fucking around with yeah. things and he's trying to find cat magic and then destroy the world or whatever um, as you do as you do but like the the animals all named themselves, and so instead of like going this level of goofy, they go a different level of goofy. Like there's a a, a, a fox named loves loves dustbins or loves the dustbin because that's what he calls like trash cans. 
And so he just, he, he likes eating out of the trash. And so he's like, I fucking love trash. I'm going to name myself. I love trash, you know, like in his vernacular. Um, and all of the animals have kind of like goofy names like that, except the cats, most of which were named by humans and are purebred. So they have like really ritzy, stupid, long ass names. <laughs> it was, I, I kind of like that more because they were like the personality to the name was more of like, this is what the character, like, you know, they're defining themselves by what they like or what they wish to be. I think there was, like, a magpie that had, like, I'm, you know, a fierce beak or some bullshit. Can't remember the name exactly, but it was, you know, some, like, I'm a really big, strong bird. You should be afraid of me. Uh, and he was kind of a douche. But it fit him, right? Because that was what he wanted to present to other people. These he names wasn't just, like, kind of remind me a little more of, like, like, My Little Pony names. Yeah. Where they're named after their special talent. <laughs> Yeah. Whereas, like, they're in in the next series, the pro- uh, the new prophecy. You're introduced to a like a civilization, or I civilization's kind of a strong word, but like a, a group of cats that are in a little bit of a problematic way, kind of presented as like an allegory of like maybe Native Americans or something oh, like that. Oh dear. Um, it, it's really not as bad as i thought it was gonna be rereading this but like it is a little bit cringy and they'll have names closer to like brook where small fish swim or like oh, no. stuff like that it's even worse when you find out like all the writers are from the uk yeah it's a little i don't know if necessarily they were going for like quote-unquote native american but it definitely comes across as sort of like a like a native type thing in a way that is a little uncomfy but like i said not as uncomfortable as i expected i guess because like it, it's they're treated with like a lot of respect and like like i said previously like there are other uh societies of cats so like these cats don't worship star clan they have like the tribe of endless hunting and like when they die, they join the tribe of endless hunting, and like that is a separate thing from Star Clan. And the series, for the most part, doesn't try to like say that one is more valid than the other. They sort of coexist, which I think is neat. Mm-hmm. Uh but back to back to the story. When uh Firepaw and Graypaw find Yellowfang. She tells them that she found the nursery empty and left because she knew that she would be blamed for the missing kits. She reveals that Broken Star has been up to some shady shit in Shadow Clan, and uh, that led to her being framed for the death of the Shadow Clan kits, which is what was brought up in the gathering previously in the story. Uh, Firepaw, Graypaw, and Yellowfang on their way back to ThunderClan uh, run into a ThunderClan patrol, and that patrol helps them launch a raid on ShadowClan's camp. During the raid, they manage to chase out Broken Star and recover the missing ThunderClan kits. Uh, Firepaw tells everyone that Ravenpaw was killed by ShadowClan, during the skirmish, so no one will go looking for him. Uh, Yellowfang is made the new ThunderClan medicine cat because Leafpool was dead, and the book ends with Firepaw and Graypaw receiving their warrior names, Fireheart and Graystripe. And that's the end of the first book. Well, that sounds like a book you read. 
it was good. And I actually go, I know that you did not have as positive an experience attempting to read it, but going back and rereading it as a like late twenties person, I still enjoyed the experience and I thought I don't, the, the books I don't were you for that. I thought I thought the books were like decently written for what they were, even though one of the big things about these books is like every book when they like go to talk about like a character that they haven't talked about yet in that book, they'll be like Hawk Frost from River Clan, whose brother is Brambleclaw and has a contentious history with like they they tend to repeat a lot of things or remind you of things from previous books to make sure mm-hmm. that you like remember what happened or keep up with things. And honestly, like as a person who occasionally spaces out while listening to things, like I don't dislike the reminder of who things are and who people are like when or who cats are when a new book starts uh but it does it it does feel a little like i'm being led along like it with my like the uh, an adult holding my hand sure i know I was surprised when I started rereading some of the Animorph books that I thought they held up really well, and it's hard to tell, like, how much of that is just, like, nostalgia and how much of it is, like, oh, Kay Applegate actually wrote some pretty compelling shit. You know what I will say is I, you know, you and I started, you started your reread and I started reading Animorphs around the same time. I had never read the Animorphs books as a kid, and I really enjoyed the experience of going in and reading Animorphs. I felt like, I felt like those books really like held up as like solid entertainment, not having read any of them previously. Uh, And I think that actually one of the reasons that I got back into Warrior Cats was because like we had been reading Animorphs together and then I ran out of Animorphs audiobooks that were available. So I, got back into my warrior cats books when um and i know i jumped i was reading uh r.a salvador's some of his fantasy books with uh mm-hmm. grizzly duard and before i jumped into warrior cats and he's writing books for i would say largely teenagers uh people in high school maybe 15 to 19 uh and i, I was a huge fan in that age range and a bit after because I, I definitely have most the of target them. audience for this is slightly younger than that which is funny because they write kind of similarly yeah um yeah and like i've like, never read any salvatore don't i, I mean my, <laughs> i just my heard of it i've books, never read any of it yeah my relationship with those books is fairly complicated because i feel like they they got me through good chunks of high school they got me through parts of college and it's like i don't have friends but i got these characters you know kind of thing Aww. um and they're 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 Typically enjoyable fantasy romps. The the prose in the writing is is super utilitarian at like best. Uh, I don't think the character works largely very good. There's some problematic stuff. I think that's more of D and D's fault than Salvador's fault. We're like, oh, the dark elves are the black elves, and they're the bad guys. And it's like, yeah, you well, know what's also, a problem? Like, a lot of stuff that was totally normal like ten years ago is unspeakable now. Yeah, and it's really, really hard to reread like the books about those characters, and you're like, one, the society doesn't make any sense. 
And two, it also feels really racist. I don't think the second part is, like, the intention, but it is. And the first part's still a problem because you can't have, like, they're so evil that they wouldn't exist as a society. It's like, well, then they don't have things. That's not how, that's not how we work. Like, people... Oh, man, I have so many problems with those books. I feel similarly when on, like, the the normal show that we are a part of, we go back and read books from the early 2000s, and they use a lot of, like, the R slur or the word faggot. Yeah. Yeah. it's It can be tough to revisit things because, like... In addition to being cringy, it also just sort of you double cringe because you forget how normal some of this lingo was. Oh, for sure. I mean, and I, you know, super guilty of using both of those words when I was younger, right? Like it was just. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. I. It's rough if you're like rewatching a comedy from like the mid to early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh boy, comedies are hard to do because. Social mores change really fast. Comedies are really subjective, and that's why they age the most poorly of any genre. Yeah. I used to really like the 40-year-old virgin, and now I'm just like, I feel like this this one's making fun of me. <laughs> I honestly, like, I have not actually watched that one, because by the time I got to the point where I, like, kind of felt like I might watch it, I was worried that i would cringe out of my entire skeleton (laughs) so i just never got around to it yeah yeah so yeah that was book one of warrior cats and chad if you enjoyed this i have uh i have outlines for the next two books that are that are after this and we can do this again sometime you know the thing is emily is like i you're fun to hang out with so I'm totally fine with doing this again just because it's fun to just like, hey, I'm going to chat with Emily for an hour. We're going to have a couple drinks and we're going to talk about stupid shit in this case. Exactly. Books with talking cats. Like, hell yeah, let's do it. Well, I would like to clarify, they don't talk. They talk to each other, but they don't, they can't talk to humans. This is not a, a Toy Story situation where they could talk to humans if they wanted to. It's just... When humans hear them, it's meow, meow, meow. Mm-hmm. But yes, they are talking cats. I, I, I had fun. I hope, I hope people listening had fun. And if they didn't, they probably left already. So fuck them. My only goal in this was for you to have fun. So if you had fun, then I have succeeded. I, I think this was an enjoyable hour. <laughs> but we should probably wrap up. We should. Uh, do you want to do any plugs for this? I know this is like a a special episode. Not really. I mean, if you follow me on Twitter at Anonymous Band, I my Twitter's a stupid mess. If you want to see weird screenshots of VR chat and then see me <laughs> tweet inappropriate questions at the author of Warrior Cats, like, well, come aboard. I don't think that Victoria Holmes is going to answer you, but I think she's going to block me, and that would be kind of funny too. <laughs> okay, that would be better than her not responding at all. Like, Jean-Luc's like, oh, I had Colin Moriarty block me. It's like, yeah, but he's a thin-skinned piece of shit. Now, the (laughs) author of Warrior Cat's blocking you because you're a dumbass. Uh, If you would like to find out my thoughts on not the first series of Warrior Cats, because I didn't start tweeting about my read-through of Warrior Cats until I started started the new prophecy, 
Uh, you can find me at Impandanata, where I do have a thread where I'm tweeting about Warrior Cats, but I mean, just search at Impandanata Brambleclaw and you'll find it. <laughs> I recommend everybody follow Emily on Twitter. Uh, she's very fun. I try to retweet fun things. The, uh, or I important mean, things. It, there's so much not, and I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm actually, as we record this, I'm wearing a shirt with Utena on it that says, Sword Lesbians Will Save the World. Nice. Hey, good night, everybody. Night, everybody.